Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. Indeed it is, though. Today is an experiment. We're both uh, going to be brought to you by AI. Neither of us are real. We've swanned off for a long bounce on weekend, and we're going to let the machine do it instead. How will they tell the difference? They won't. They won't no. absolutely won't be able to tell the difference. We could AI. be could have been AI all along. Well, week after week, you tell me AI can do absolutely everything, so we'll see this week. Any mistakes, of course, are down to the computer and not to us. Well, talking of AI, I would like to make oh. a distinction here between yes. AI and AGI. Oh. Yes. You'll be hearing more about AGI in the in the coming months. AGI being artificial general intelligence as opposed to AI, which is mere artificial oh. intelligence. Oh, I'm disappointed. I hoped it was going to be gormless, as in all the mistakes that we point <laughs> out AI is making. Well, there is a significant difference. So, for example, my car has AI built into it uh, mm. so that... For example, when it rains, it turns the windscreen wipers on, or when a car is coming towards me at night, mm. it sees the headlights and dims my own headlights. Have you got a new car, or is that the one I've seen before? That's the one you've seen before. That's what it's cars quite do old. These It's days. quite old, your car, isn't it? It's um, 2008, so it's, yes. I think mine's 2008 as well. Mine doesn't oh. do anything like that. No, sorry, it. 2018. Oh, that makes more sense. Yes. Okay, right. So the car does have AI. What the car can't do is, for example, write a potted biography of Proust, however much you ask. So that is the difference between AI and AGI. Artificial general intelligence is a term that means uh, an AI that can learn any task that can be done by people or animals. Mm, And that's what they're striving for. And that is... That is why it's so difficult. Because it's Are you going to remember AGI to use AGI, AGI instead of AI in future? I bet you'd lapse back pretty quickly. I will carry on calling it AI until yeah. people get used to the fact yes. that it should be called AGI. Yes, yes. AI, for example, of course, is used in uh, self-driving cars. And indeed, the world's or the UK's first self-driving bus, which is Ooh, right. launching uh, very shortly. It's going it's made by Stagecoach. And launching? It's goes on water. Miles. <laughs> it's doing the 14 mile or in space. It's doing the 14 mile journey from the park and ride in Fife to some depot somewhere in Edinburgh. And of course, the great thing about self driving buses, unless you're a bus driver, is that they don't need bus drivers. Right. This self driving bus will have someone sitting in the driver's seat who will not be driving the bus, but just sitting there just in case. It will also have a bus captain. I didn't know buses had captains, but apparently they do. The bus captain will they be there to assist passengers? So, in other so, words, yes, it's got a driver <laughs> exactly. and conductor. Yes, yes, it's got a driver and a conductor. <laughs> okay, but well, the driver won't be if... driving, and the conductor won't be conducting. No, I guess if I was a passenger, I'd probably be quite happy that there'd be somebody in the driving seat just in case. Yes. Well, at the moment, yes, but it won't be long, of course, before we're quite used to there not being people in the driving seat. Well, true. There'll be a button somewhere that says, in the event of a problem, press this button. And you'll press it and there'll be no answer. And yes. meanwhile, lots of people screaming. Yes. yes. Well, I'm sure your grandchild will at some point say to you, 
tell me, Glendon, about the time we were still allowed to drive our own cars. Yes, maybe. Wouldn't be that long. No. Anyway, so you have your driving self-driving car. It's going to be a battery car, of course. And what happens Mm. if you get a flat battery? Well, if you get a flat battery in the device at home, you can either recharge it or throw it away, or better, take it somewhere to be recycled. Mm. If you have a flat battery in a car, you can charge it. But what if you have a damaged battery in in an electric car? Well, Mm. it's more common than you might think, because the batteries are generally slung underneath the car, because they're very big which makes them very liable to damage from things like driving up on a curb. You can dent the battery quite easily that way. Apparently. Or one of the many proliferating potholes, presumably. Or you're unlikely to drop the battery into the pothole because the oh, pothole, okay. being a hole, doesn't project out of the road, whereas the curb, being a curb, does. Yes. No, right. if you go into the pothole, then oh, yeah, I guess that it's possible you could scrape on the bottom on the road. I it's don't know. possible. It would have to be quite a deep pothole. But anyway, point taken. So the problem mm-hmm. is that car makers don't make diagnostic tools available for electric cars, partly because they're worried that 3D third-party engineers, mechanics might mess up, and partly because there's quite a high chance of people being electrocuted if they don't power down the car correctly before having to go at the battery. So you know, your local garage mm. mechanic won't be able to fix your electric car. So what do you do with it? The answer is you scrap the car. The batteries cost 50% of the price of a car. But they are very expensive yes. batteries. And if you if you damage the battery, that's your car written off. Yeah, and they haven't worked out how to dispose of batteries properly yet either. I mean, you talk about advances in battery technology. I can't help feeling that it might be more sensible waiting until batteries are rather more sophisticated, smaller, yes. and, and not quite so um, toxic. I think the phrase more sensible waiting preceding any tech innovation <laughs> yes, is really yes, going to get you nowhere. Yes, you're absolutely true. Yes, absolutely true. But that does seem slightly shocking. Yeah. Um, well, it's a, well it's a, it is the problem for the batteries used on Well, I say cars. shocking. Oh, double meaning. Shocking, there. exactly. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. And they need electric scooters. Electric scooters, Paris was the first major city to welcome Mm. electric scooters on the grounds that it reduced the amount of traffic on the road. They are now the first city to ban electric scooters. They had a referendum just this week. Mm. 90% of people that took part in the referendum voted to ban the scooters. There have been a lot of injuries, three mm. fatalities. And electric scooters can be hired by 12-year-olds, which, frankly, seems a bit idiotic to me. I did see, though, that there were very few places where you could vote. You couldn't vote online. You couldn't do proxy voting or postal voting. Um, So it was slightly skewed to give a particular result. But I can understand why uh, people might not. Well, partly, I imagine, because Anne Hidalgo, who is the... Hmm. uh, the, um... Mayor. Mayor, that's the word. I think the Prime yes. Minister or President, but Mayor, yes, the yes. Mayor. She might, she might prefer either of the other titles, right. but yes, currently. Hidalgo, which I believe is the Spanish for liver, but I may be wrong there, but I, pretty, oh, I think it is. Okay. Um, she was obviously feeling a bit liverish and decided <laughs> to hide all of these uh, these voting booths, yes. which means that Lime, Dot and Tear, who are the three companies that operate scooter hire in Paris, will now have to take them down. However... If you own your own electric scooter, you'll still be allowed to ride it, which is kind of at odds with the UK. Exactly the opposite. You can hire one from Lime.Otir, it's okay. But if you own your own one, you're not allowed to ride it at all. Yes. All very bizarre, bizarre, which is so odd because so much else going on at the moment makes perfect sense. Very peculiar. Very peculiar. Let's have one of these. 
So onwards we go. Onward and back to AI again, or rather AGI, as we have to call it. Yes. Let's see if I can manage to call it AGI without tripping up for the rest of this show, and we'll see how I get on. Okay. So Jimmy Wales says, uh, Jimmy Wales, the founder of Wikipedia, mm. of course, says that AGI could be used to triple the number of Wikipedia entries for under £1,000 a year, which sounds like a bit of a bargain. And initially, it would be used to compare multiple articles and then if it finds contradictions it would alert volunteers by which i mean human volunteers who would then go and check it out i'm i'm slightly puzzled when was the last time you went on wikipedia and were unable to find information on anything i mean you and i both remember wikipedia in the early days where often it didn't cover anything or it was frequently extremely misleading um usually because it's either written by people themselves or by their worst enemies Um, exactly but now (laughs) wikipedia seems to cover Everything I could possibly think of. Well, so what more not do they enough, need? Well, not enough, according to Jimmy Wales. He does okay. point out that uh, AI, or rather AGI, has a tendency to make stuff up out of thin air, as he puts it, or to hallucinate, as the AGI makers themselves put okay. it. But, you know, it's it's very, very early days, and it will be ironed out. But let me give you a couple of examples of AGI that you can use right now, some of which are truly extraordinary. Okay. One being a website I came across called Reimagine Home, the URL being mm. reimaginehome.ai, possibly because the domain, AGI, top level domain AGI doesn't exist yet, but I imagine <laughs> yes. it will be. And what you do with reimaginehome.ai, and I strongly recommend you go and have a visit, is you give it a photograph of you know, a room in your house, mm. and it thinks about it for a minute or so. And then it will give you suggestions for how that room could be improved. It will replace beds, chairs, light fittings, carpets, curtains. It will remove bookcases. It will add pictures on the walls. And it will do it all in the room that you've given it with the furniture fitting perfectly into that room. It is astonishing. And if you try this in your own home, I I should point out to people who haven't been to your home, which I imagine is most of our listeners. <laughs> many, many of them. Um, which is absolutely superb, but it is uh, catnip for those people who like lots of things in every single room, many of which are it, sort of cyberpunkish. It um, is a little cluttered, isn't it? Yes. Yes, a little bit. So what did it suggest? Basically, you get rid of everything. And start it's getting with rid a... of pretty much everything hanging on the walls, yes. Yes, yes. And, and all on the, the shelves, and on the floor. Have, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And it replaced it with some sort of rather funky modern furniture. And and did you think, oh, I wish I lived in that house? Or do you Absolutely think? Absolutely not. But Good. I know many people who would imagine would think that's a great improvement on my house. <laughs> well, that's possibly true. Yes, I wonder how long it's going to be before people start coming, turning up in your kitchen and saying, "Oh, have you seen this? Look, this yeah. would this would this make would a big exactly. difference in this room." Yes. Well, okay, but I might have a go anyway. Thank mm. you. That's reimagining uh, my kitchen. Mm. And at the time I photographed my kitchen, uh, I had a couple of things that were cooking on a hot plate. I had a couple of bread rolls, in fact, that were warming yes. up. Oh, lovely. Plate. And it replaced them. It did four iterations of the room. And the first time it replaced them with a couple of napkins. The second time because, it replaced them. Because they're lovely them... toasted, yes. The second time it replaced them with three pickled cucumbers. <laughs> right. And the third time it replaced them with a saucepan. So it, it interpreted what they were, but it, it got a little bit confused about what you might want to heat up on this hot plate. Anyway, that's beside oh, the point. To be fair, it is supposed to be there for 
furniture and decorations rather than what you're actually going to eat for your next meal. It is. It is. That's, that's true. So I have been looking up uh, the advancement in AI mid-journey, of course, being the image generator, which is head and shoulders above everyone else, or in fact, head mm. and shoulders below, if you want to make it, get it to make someone with head and shoulders below mm. rather than above. And I came across a series of five images showing how much mid-journey has made huge leaps forwards over the last year since it mm. started. And it is astonishing, going from rather crude images to absolutely beautiful photorealistic images. Sadly, I can't share that uh, on the radio yet. I imagine radio will come with pictures at some point. Yes, yes, yes. But They might even example, call it television. They might even call it television. But as another yes. example of just how AI has improved, Let's look at text-to-speech. Now, text-to-speech has been built into our computers for a long time. And, of course, mm. things like Alexa and Siri and Google Home, they all use text-to-speech to give a speech from the text they generate. So let's have a listen first to the text-to-speech engine that is currently built into Apple computers. And here's a bit of text. In the field of speech sorry, Steve. Sorry, sorry. Let me start again. I apologize. Sorry, I thought you'd stopped, but I will stop. I, I was still wittering on. It's just here's a bit of text that I wrote for it to, it to pronounce. Okay, Let's have it. Here we go. In the field of speech synthesis, two things differentiate the good from the merely competent. One is emphasis, and the other is punctuation, the ability to differentiate, say, between a semicolon to indicate a pause, a comma, or a full stop. Yeah, a little bit robotic. It's okay. It's a bit robotic. But, you know, a, a few years ago when that first appeared, it was almost magical. Let's have a listen to the same speech produced by uh, a website called Eleven Labs. And it's 11 spelt out, 11labs.io. And go. this is what it came up with. In the field of speech synthesis, two things differentiate the good from the merely competent. One is emphasis and the other is punctuation. The ability to differentiate, say, between a semicolon to indicate a pause, a comma, or a full stop. God, that's also spookily good, isn't it? It is spookily good. Not only that, but you can train it on your own voice. So it can then speak in your own voice. So as you say, I could just write this show and then not bother to turn up and just you know, email the MP3s into you. Yes. Extraordinary. But oh, you wouldn't get me my wonderful... Witty replies and reposts. We'd get your witty replies and reposts. I'd leave spaces for those. And I might <laughs> okay, even add yeah. a synthesized <laughs> laugh at the end of each one. Well, a little bit like the Marx Brothers, when they when they toured their forthcoming films to begin with, they worked out when people laughed, how long they were, and then left the pauses in the movies. Which is oh, on really? when you're watching at home. Yes, yes. Anyway, I think time ah. for us to take a, a, a break, give you a chance to have a breather. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio.
this is Simon Rose. You're listening to Gadget and Gizmos on Share Radio with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. And onward we go. Are we still on AI or are we moving on? Uh, we're moving on. We're moving on to houseplants. And uh, we all like houseplants. Some like houseplants uh, more than others. But, you know, I'm sure you have plenty of houseplants littering up your house. I have a few. Is, I, you have a few. One I was going to last birthday has just died, but um, oh. badly. Well, I'm, I'm hoping whatever you're telling me about is going to be able to bring it back from the dead. No, sadly, oh. I can't do that. But oh. I could perhaps have stopped it dying in the first place. Because how do you know when your plants are happy? Or, more to the point, how do you know when your plants are stressed? The answer is to listen to them. And they will tell you. Right. This is uh, some research done by Tel Aviv University who have put uh, special microphones in front of uh, tobacco and tomato plants. I don't know why they chose tobacco and tomato plants. Maybe it only works with plants that begin in T and end in O. <laughs> right, OK. There must, be, there must be some reason for that. I'm trying <laughs> to think of another plant that begins in T and end in O. And I well, probably, probably not in Hebrew anyway. No, maybe not. Maybe mm, not. Yeah. They all spoke English, though, with an American accent that most Israeli English speakers have. Right. And... So they, they discovered that when plants are cut or when they're short of water, they make a popping sound. Ooh. It is quite extraordinary. It's ultrasonic, so it's too high to hear, but they make a definite popping sound. And when they're stressed, they make between 30 and 50 pops per hour, which means, you know, one every minute or every two minutes, I suppose, depending on how stressed mm. they are. Yeah. They don't quite know how they make this popping sound, but they imagine they might use cavitation, cavitation being well, bursting air bubbles. It's the reason why kettles make so much noise when you boil them. It's mm. the air bubbles forming inside and then going pop. I don't think I so knew that. They, okay. There is a video where they showed them making this popping sound, but there was such an irritating music track over the video that I'm not <laughs> going to play it. Well, wait, because... What on earth did they put a music track on for? I imagine only to stop people like me playing their popping sounds on radio. But it sounded something like... I couldn't hear any of that. Couldn't you? For some reason, no, some reason the microphone didn't either didn't pick it up or decided it was extraneous noise and it was going to actually um, get rid of it. Try it again. Oh, that works, yes. That's because I had original sound for musicians turned off. <laughs> Right. Seriously, that's well. Yes. What sort of musicians do they think are likely to um, yeah, be using this? Well, Hans Werner Hensler, I suppose. He was very keen on making all kinds of bizarre noises. Didn't he write a symphony that included um, vacuum cleaners? I think he did. Um, I don't know. I know Gerard Hoffman did lots of music for vacuum cleaners. Oddly lots enough, I went to a concert lots on April, music. April Fool's, Fool's Day um, that had uh, Evelyn Glennie playing lots of kitchen implements, which was great fun. Really? Weren't yes. you worried that you were going to get there and find it was all a hoax and she wasn't playing them at all? No, on the contrary. It was great. And they did the 1812 yeah. Overture, but they couldn't afford the cannon. So they gave every single member of the audience a, a paper bag and you had to, there were 12 cannon shots and you had to time it according to the month of your birth. It worked so uh, well. It's great. Did fun. they give you 12 paper bags? I see just No, one month. paper bag. So my, my birthday being in October, I was, was one of the 10th cannon shots excellent so it was, and was, it, very was well. it convincing it was actually surprisingly convincing yes I'd talking of classical so. music i went to a performance of carmino burana uh, last oh, saturday right. which was received very very that. rarely mm -hmm. and by carl orff carl orff being a composer clearly not uh hampered by any budgetary restraints because it included not only two choirs 
and seven double basses, but hmm. two xylophones and two grand pianos. Wow. No said, wonder it doesn't get often, performed very often. How often does a concert hall have a spare grand piano that they can wheel on? That is Anyway, it's nothing to do with gadgets, but I just mentioned it because we were talking about that thing. So we move on to something that is to do with gadgets. We want a little bit of those noises first. Oh, yes, why not? But you caught me on the hop. At least I didn't catch you on the pop. Oh, Otherwise oh, oh. your plants would have been complaining. Yes. So how do we insulate our homes? Because it costs a lot to heat homes these days, and it can be quite expensive with all the rock wool and stuff. Isn't there a better way of doing it? Well, the answer seems to be coconuts and lemons. That's how to insulate <laughs> your home. Now, this is, this is from the Royal Institute of Technology in Stockholm, and it's a three-stage process. First of all, they take some wood and they delignify it. Now we've talked about delignified wood on this show before. It's what makes what gives what its color. Mm. And it's what allows people to make transparent wood. And you expressed some surprise at the idea of transparent wood. We talked about this uh, a few years ago. And what it does also is it opens the pores in the wood. They then fill up the pores with a combination of limonene acrylate limonene acrylate being derived from lemon peel and what they describe as a coconut based molecule i'm not sure what a coconut it must be coconut water which i'm actually quite partial to and here's the clever part as it heats up the lemon turns into a polymer and it traps the coconut the coconut becomes liquid and it absorbs energy as it cools down the coconut becomes solid again and releases that energy. So not only does it insulate your house when it's cold, but when it goes dark and when it so insulate house when it's hot, but when it goes dark and it goes cold, then it releases that energy back into the room. So for example, they could make greenhouses out of it, which would be transparent or at least translucent during the day. And then as the coconut solidifies, they would go opaque at night while pushing the heat that they've stored during the day back into the greenhouse. Seems incredibly clever. clever. I think it's incredibly clever. Yes. And is this possible to do this at a cost that actually is going to be feasible? Well, not yet, obviously. Not yet. But it'll come. And it'll probably be feasible eventually. Hmm. But time to move on to our crowdfunding time of the week, please. Excellent. Hot on the button there. And we haven't had a, a crowdfunding Uh, for a couple of weeks, so I thought it's time we had them. I'm not a fan of punch bags. No, no. Although my wife uses me as one. (laughs) We had to to box at school. It was compulsory. It was horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Well, punch bags, uh, they're used by boxers, but anyone else who wants to keep fit. Mm -hmm. And the trouble with punch bags is they don't fight back. Until now. Welcome the Boxing Buddy. And the boxing buddy just that it lets it, it does your it lets your punch bag fight back. It has two <laughs> padded arms which are suspended <clears> at <throat> right angles from wherever you strap the boxing buddy onto your punch bag. Mm-hmm. And then the arms swing out and hit you at random. So it doesn't actually punch, but you've got a swing that you have to duck. Okay. Sounds quite intriguing if that's what it you're does into. Sound- 
if that's I what do, you're I do have a friend who's a keen boxer. I might actually mention yeah. this to him, as long you as it's not hideously expensive. It's 200 quid, which I think is not hideously expensive. I don't know how much. I mean, probably less than a boxing coach would cost to stand there and punch yes, you occasionally. Absolutely. Yes, yes. It's a shame it doesn't actually punch, because I think actually punching would be a good thing. Yes, but that, that would require rather more high-tech, I imagine, than this. It probably would. Anyway, it's on yeah. Indiegogo. It's called The Boxing Buddy. And uh, go and take a look, and you can see someone boxing and both dodging it and failing to dodge it and being hit in the head by one of these swinging well, it's arms. It's supposed to be a very good exercise. It's just the fact that if you actually do boxing, there's another person there that wants to hurt you. Uh, I don't really enjoy, didn't really enjoy that at school very much No, no, exactly. Exactly. Yes. You were forced to do it at school. That's very surprising. Oh, we were forced to do many things. One of the weirdest ones was school had a swimming pool. We weren't allowed to wear costumes. It's a very peculiar place. That is a very peculiar place. Yes. Well, yeah. on that bombshell, nothing. <laughs> we seem to have wandered off the subject more than once today. Never mind. That is it from uh, Gadgets and Gizmos. My thanks to Steve Kaplan. I'm Simon Rose. We'll be back with more Gadgets and Gizmos at the same time next week. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No. It's Gadgets and Gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose.